Welcome to the Soul Connection Podcast, the place where you get the tools to truly connect to yourself. I am your host, Katie Arnold. Grab your journal, find your comfortable meditation position, and let's connect. Welcome back to the Soul Connection Podcast. I am your host, Katie Arnold, and today is a really special bonus episode. I haven't really decided if I'm calling these Soul Connecting Conversations or Soul Chats, but I have a guest on the podcast today, and we are talking all about self-love. So we are diving into this intention that we have spent the whole month focusing our practices on, and we are diving into what actually is self-love. And my guest today is a very good friend of mine named Meg Dahl. If you are not familiar with Meg Dahl, she is a registered holistic nutritionist a certified spiritual coach. She's a podcaster and she is going through somatic therapy training right now, which just as a friend of hers has been really fun to kind of hear how that experience has been going. But she is also the self-love queen. And this is a title that I think her friends and her community have given her over the years because she is truly embodies self-love and it has been a journey for her to get there and she does go into that a little bit here today and she shares about her story and she shares about what is self-love to her and what are these signs that we can look for in our own lives when we are maybe needing to focus more on self-love This was such a beautiful conversation and I found myself tearing up. She is such a light in the world and I am so grateful that she agreed to be on the podcast today and actually like help me kickstart this soul connecting conversation or soul chat bonus episode thing. I'm hoping that this is a regular thing that we can bring some guests on maybe once a month or every other month to dive into our intentions a little bit deeper. So if you enjoy this conversation that I have with Meg today, if you enjoy this series, definitely let me know. Come find me on social media at I am Katie Arnold and let me know what you what you thought of this episode. If you want more episodes like this, where we have these, you know, really beautiful conversations and connection conversations with people to dive into these intentions. So definitely let me know what you think over on Instagram at I am Katie Arnold or at Soul Connection Podcast. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Meg Dahl. Meg, thank you so much for joining me today for our conversation. I am so excited and just so grateful that you said yes to coming and hanging out with us today. Oh my gosh, of course. Honestly, it's an honor to be here. So thank you. And 
I know the topic is self-love and just to know that you thought of me when you had that topic, it's just means a lot to me. Well, you know, I don't know if my listeners necessarily know this, but you are the self-love queen (laughs) and I'm not sure if this was like a title that you gave yourself at some point, if it's a title that your friends, you know, as one of your friends, if we've just given this to you over the years, but how about you just like take a few moments to tell people a little bit like about you and kind of like your journey to self-love and like teaching people about self-love. Yeah, for sure. And I, just to clarify, I definitely did not give myself the name. I didn't. Um, (laughs) I do think it was like a combination of like you, many other friends of mine, but also my clients too. So thank you everyone for doing that for me. (laughs) um, It means a lot to me to be thought of like in that way. And yeah, like many, many years ago, like in high school, I would have never thought that anyone would refer to me as the self-love queen because that was actually something that I really struggled with years ago. Whenever someone asks me to kind of give like a background of just like what kind of brought me to where I am today, I often start off by sharing my journey of like going through many, many years of battling eating disorders. But honestly, when it, and like that does absolutely play a role for sure in what brought me to where I am today. But like talking specifically about self-love, um, a different moment and a different memory comes to mind. So I will share a little bit more here than um, what I usually share whenever I'm on other podcasts and stuff like that. But basically, I do have like a very extensive history of struggling with and battling eating disorders and thankfully recovering from eating disorders. My first eating disorder was at 10 years old. I relapsed at 15 and that one nearly took me like a decade to recover from. It went from anorexia and I thought I was, you know, healed and fully recovered and things like that. And unknowingly I was struggling with another beast of an eating disorder that is now known as orthorexia, but you don't really hear about orthorexia or you didn't really hear about orthorexia back in like 2010, right? It wasn't really something that people knew about or were really talking about back then. I don't really think it was very well known. Um, So thankfully I was able to recover from those eating disorders, but um, when we're on the topic of self-love and just kind of how I came to even having people refer to me as like the queen of self-love or self-love queen, whatever you want to say, it really comes back to a relationship I used to be in that ended really quickly and abruptly I was engaged at one point and basically and actually Katie you were like I was talking to you that night (laughs) you were one of the very first people that I was texting with after the whole event happened which is just actually I haven't really thought about that in a really long time that you were one of the very first people that I was talking to in that moment as this huge change in my life was happening 
I had been engaged, he left me within like a matter of hours from like the point of me thinking nothing was wrong and then my life completely changing. And it was in that moment that like, I just felt, I didn't feel like everything was crumbling around me. I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with me. I didn't feel like shattered, broken, any of the things that I felt like, you know, maybe I would have been experiencing in that moment or what a lot of other women experience in similar situations or like very exact situations because after I had learned that so many women were actually going through very similar situations, you know, calling off engagements or being left or going through a divorce, whatever. And going back to what I was saying before in that moment, how I wasn't feeling any of those things, like I wasn't feeling broken or like there was something terribly wrong with me. I just felt like this overwhelming sense of like peace and calmness and honestly, like a lot of strength. And I didn't know it right in that moment, but it definitely like piqued my senses and got me curious about, okay, you know, how, how in such a terrible moment do I feel so strong? And then the days afterwards, as I shared a little bit here and there about what had happened, because I mean, social media and having your business online and stuff like that, you know, the Instagram world or my community on Instagram, I was sharing about what had happened since it was such a significant thing. And um, I received a lot of messages from people from all around the world saying that they were going through the same thing, or they had gone through something like I was going through years ago, and they were still dealing with such like heavy emotions around it. And it was honestly in those moments that I realized, I think what I had developed over all the years of recovering from eating disorders was this really intense sense of self-love for myself. And I realized like I had something pretty significant to share with other people where, you know, something in your life could change really drastically and you can still have that love for yourself. And so that's what I think really prompted me to kind of pursue that even further, because at the time, like I went to university to study dietetics and I was practicing, like I had my own holistic nutrition business, right? So I was very nutrition focused, but it was after that, that I realized like, Hey, maybe, maybe I have more to share than just like talking about food and helping people with food in their life. And that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. <laughs> Yeah. And I love, I mean, I love your story. I find your story so inspiring. And I do like, now that you mentioned that I remember that night because yeah. I remember, you know, for people who don't know my story or all of the details, I was on the road at the time and I was in the RV and I remember being in the RV and texting you and just being like, this girl is so strong. So the fact that like, you kind of mentioned, you realized like you had such a sense of peace and strength. Like, I remember thinking like, wow, Meg is handling this so gracefully. 
Um, and obviously like, I'm sure there was still pain and frustration and confusion and like all, all these like emotions that kind of come with it, but like, yeah, you still had that like sense of peace and strength and like that inner knowing that you were going to be okay. And I just remember like finding that so inspiring and it like, it is moments like that, that yeah, like as your friends, as your community, like we gave you the name of self-love queen because it just, it, it was inspiring. It's something that I think a lot of people really strive for and kind of, they struggle with that. And, you know, that kind of leads me into like my next question, which is like, what, what does self-love like mean to you? What does that look like for you? Yeah. And that's such a great question. I, I actually have a program. It's called back home to you. And when I was creating it, like my intent with this program was essentially to like guide my clients through the journey that basically took me like a decade to go through. Right. And so I took a step back and got really clear of, okay, if we're starting here and want to end up at this like unbreakable, very strong sense of self-love, what does that all include? What does that look like? And it really came down to some really key themes for myself. And um, I really do think that that kind of like this plus this and plus this and so on adds to self-love. And you'll notice as I go through them, they all start with the self. So it's all self-themed. And it's because what we're doing you know, it's all about like, it's this inner journey and it's all about tending to ourself and showing up and doing these things for ourselves. And so you'll just notice that with the theme, but um, basically I do kind of like, you know, picturing like self-love as being this umbrella. And then there's these other things that all fit under that umbrella. So they're all kind of related, but when added up together, their self-love and, you know, none of these themes are more important than the other, but I do think they kind of, at least for me, I think there's a certain way to move through them that can make it easier to move on to the next theme, so to speak. And so um, the first one is self-awareness. And so when I talk about self-awareness, I'm, I'm also like in the midst of becoming a somatic therapist too. And um, it's funny because, you know, I had never like formally studied somatic therapy up until the beginning of last summer. So I'm like entering my second year now. And um, I didn't really like have the, I guess, proper language for all of this stuff that I was actually doing for like a decade prior to this. But it's so interesting now that I'm like moving through school that I'm like, oh, wow, that that's the word of what I was doing. Right. It's so interesting, but it really goes to show you that like in different types of therapies or different types of like healing modules or models, right? Like it all, there's like so much overlap and they might not be called the same thing. 
And so some people might be familiar with it being called metacognition. And in the somatic world, it's actually called unblending. And so basically, when I say self-awareness and like self-awareness, I feel like is such a really like overused term that people, it's kind of like murkied what it actually means right like people are like oh I'm so self-aware I always I'm like so in my head all the time I have all of these thoughts I'm so self-aware of my thoughts and that's not necessarily like what I mean by self-awareness it's being that that observer of your thoughts and not blending with these thoughts and taking them on as your own or as the truth but it's self-awareness is like that process of unblending from them or practicing that metacognition or simply becoming that observer of your thoughts. Okay. So that self-awareness, and then we move into self-talk, which is kind of, like I said, you'll see that and just kind of adds on to each theme. And so once we have set this base line and really created this solid foundation of no longer blending with our thoughts or no longer taking on every single thing to be the truth about us right and just sitting I really like imagining like sitting in, in that seat of just like being the observer and noticing our thoughts noticing our feelings noticing those sensations right then we move into self-talk because that's super important how we're actually like speaking to ourselves every single day you truly cannot create this solid sense of self-love for yourself if you are speaking horribly to yourself every single day I don't care like how many other healing things you do if you're showing up for yourself every single day and speaking horrible things to yourself that's not going to lead to self-love. It just, it just isn't. (laughs) And so we go through that. And then the next one is self-compassion. And so I really like to talk about um, what self-talk like kind of looks like in the lens of self-compassion, because I think when people start practicing self-talk, it very much like sounds overly positive and that's why a lot of people actually have a really hard time with it because it's like oh this sounds so fake I don't even believe what I'm saying (laughs) or for some people it's even just like plain old too hard for them to even like say anything nice about themselves or to themselves that they just don't do it right and so self-compassion looks like yeah, like I'm, I'm so tired today, right? Like, of course, because I'm so tired today, like I just like feel like I cannot even come close to like tackling this to-do list, right? And so because I feel this way, I am, you know, maybe I'll just do one thing on this to-do list today and then I'm just going to give myself that rest right? Whereas like positive self-talk might be like, I feel great. And it's like totally writing off how you actually feel. Whereas self-compassion comes in and it really acknowledges, hey, 
yeah, I really don't feel good in this moment, right? Like I'm really run down and we really acknowledge how we're feeling and show up compassionately for ourselves. And then the next one we move into is self-forgiveness and self-forgiveness was a really big turning point for me when I started to include or integrate self-forgiveness into my recovery. I honestly, as I mentioned at the beginning, like I went through years of eating disorder recovery and it had never included self-forgiveness. And then I was becoming a certified spiritual coach. And I started like, I was open to the world of self-forgiveness. And I always thought like, well, I don't need to forgive myself for having an eating disorder. Like I'm not like holding a grudge against myself for having an eating disorder, but what self-forgiveness actually is like whenever we have an experience in our life, okay, we decide something in that moment to move through that experience, right? And so I reflected back on, the time around when I was just about to start struggling with my eating disorder back in high school. And because we are trying to move through something so hard and it doesn't have to be eating disorder related, but in my example, it was, but when we are moving through or we're encountered with a really difficult time in our life, right. And we don't know how to give ourselves that love in that moment, We decide something so we can move through that situation. And so now it's our job as like adults or wherever we are in our life. And through this self-forgiveness lens, it's our job to place that loving where we weren't able to place it before. And so really having like a look of these decisions or these misunderstandings that we made about ourselves and about our life to move through those moments in time and place that love where we didn't know how to do that before. Yeah. And then finally, um, moving into then self-acceptance, because again, as we move through life, like we're basically like accumulating all these different parts and versions of ourselves. So this is really where I start to integrate like IFS or parts work into my sessions with my clients or just my own healing work. And so there's, you know, um, burdened parts of us that have gone through things. And again, holding on to old stories, outdated beliefs about ourselves, that sort of thing. Um, And then there's also these parts of us. And when I say parts of us, I'm meaning like past versions of ourselves, right? And um, there's parts of us that we've been rejecting for so many years. Mm -hmm. And we are not going to be able to land at true self-love if we're still rejecting certain parts of ourselves. It's just not going to be possible. So self-acceptance is part of it. And then finally, self-care. And so really taking like my approach to self-care is a very holistic look at self-care. So, you know, we're not talking just booking ourselves like a spa day, going for a mani, petty, like that sort of thing. Because I think for a lot of people, that is kind of their definition of self-care, right? And when I 
look at self-care. It involves, okay, how am I nourishing my body, right? And it's going to be different for everyone. So this is also a chance for people to really give themselves that time and space to reflect on what actually works for me, right? Like if I clear out all the noise, what is, like, what does showing up for myself and eating through self-care, like, what does that actually look like? Like if I was to eat in a way that looked like I was caring for myself, what would that look like for me? And again, it's going to look different, right? You and I are both really good at this, right? Mm -hmm. We are very intentional about the way we nourish our bodies and we both eat very differently. So I really like this because it gives us room to really figure out what works for us and also moving our bodies. Again, you and I are both like we see movement and exercise as a form of self-care but we both move our bodies very differently and then boundaries is like a big part of this one too so I love diving into boundary work and stuff um but yeah so going through all of those themes of self leads us to self-love I love I love that like I I love that your definition of self-love is so intricate because I think we often forget that it actually is. Mm -hmm. It is not just some necessarily easy thing that we can wake up one day without having kind of done some of the work. And Mm -hmm. we all go through different seasons and so many things of what you're saying. I'm just like, oh man, like we do different work. And yet at the same time, we do have a really similar approach to things. And, you know, I talk a lot about mindful movement and there is that level of that self-compassion that you're talking about of like meeting your body where it's at every single day. And, you know, I can speak to this morning. I woke up and I knew I wanted a little bit of yoga because this has been my like favorite way to ground myself before I get into the rest of my day, but I didn't want to do a vinyasa practice. What I was craving was just sending my legs up the wall. And so I, sat against the wall and set my legs up the wall for 20 minutes. And that was my, that was my movement for the day and a walk with my dog. And like, that's, that's what my body needed. And there's so much there, there's a huge journey that took me to get there. And, um, I just, I love the way that your, your self-love definition is so like inter intertwined, um, because I think we often hear people talk about self-love and it, if, sometimes comes across like this cheesy thing that is just like saying, I love myself, but there's so much deeper than that. And you, you speak so well to the fact that it is so much deeper. And I guess that kind of leads me. My next question is like, if someone is listening right now and they're kind of resonating with what you're saying, but maybe they feel like they don't know if they need to be approaching more self-love, you work with so many people. Um, What are kind of some of the signs or things that you see when someone is maybe needing to start down that journey? And maybe it's not so far as like they're having an eating disorder or they're feeling super depressed, but even some of just like the the things that they might start to notice in themselves to help them be like, Oh, maybe I can, you know, kind of veer more towards self-love and avoid going all the way to those, those extremes. Yeah. I can be pretty long winded sometimes, but there is, so there's two things. I'm going to keep myself like very 
focused here, but there's two things specifically that are coming up for me right now that, you know, are very broad, but I see it all the time, you know, and I, I have, I appreciate you bringing up like, maybe it's not so far as an eating disorder or feeling depressed or anxious. Right. And yeah, many of my clients do struggle with those things, but the common theme, there's like kind of two common themes, I would say. Number one, if you are feeling like something you're longing for is freedom. So if you feel like you're constricted or trapped in any way and freedom is something that really resonates with you and that's something like to your core you feel like you're longing for I would say that absolutely this is like a journey that is probably calling your name another thing is that you don't feel at home in yourself and you know I I named my program very you know specifically because it really does bring us back home to ourselves I haven't had a single client that was like yeah I don't feel that way like after you know we yeah. work together because like it's literally set up in that way that that is the work that we're doing together and it will bring you there and so if you're feeling so far removed from who you actually are maybe you're even at the point of you're like I don't even know who like the true me actually is anymore and you're feeling like so lost and confused in that sense um and the thought of coming back home to yourself and rediscovering who you have always been if that resonates with you I would say also you know pursuing or jumping on like a journey of self-love would probably benefit you for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I, I'm sure there are many people right now who that's really resonating with, and that's been our intention all this month with our guided meditations and our journal prompts is to kind of like do some of the self-discovery to figure out if like, that's kind of like where, where we're needing or where we're needing to put more focus. So if someone is listening right now and they're like, okay, what Meg is saying is really resonating with me right now, what would be like the first step that they could take just to get themselves on the journey of self-love? Yeah, gosh. Okay. So, I mean, I would almost start with kind of like noticing what has been triggering you or what you feel as though is pulling you farther away from your true self. And I'm not asking you to get rid of those things because it may be people in your life or it may be like a job for an example. So those aren't necessarily things that we can just like up and get rid of right away. So I'm not suggesting that, but just bringing our awareness to some of those things that are maybe pulling us away from who we are or making it a little bit difficult for us to show up as our true selves. You know, something I see so often with my clients is social media. Like this is such a biggie, you know, um, they can be following a bunch of people on social media, listening to tons of podcasts, and it's just kind of making things a lot more confusing for them and leading them farther away from who they actually are. And so just bringing our awareness to those things 
again, you don't necessarily need to make any changes right now, but just bringing our awareness to those things. Because I think when we bring our awareness to those things, it can really kind of, like you said, like very first step, it can kind of just spark something in us, make us a little bit more curious about, okay, so these are the things I'm not ready to touch this one, but maybe I actually am ready to unfollow this person on social media, or maybe even like stop hanging out with this person every single week, you know, um, that sort of thing. And honestly, like getting yourself some type of support system, I, I think it's really like you can do it. You absolutely can heal on your own. So I'm not saying you have to even hire someone or have someone that you're working like privately or one-on-one -on -one with, but it's really hard to heal in the dark. Mm -hmm. So even if you have someone who knows that you are trying to do this journey for yourself, or you are trying to do this healing work, you know, having some type of support system and reaching out to someone that does feel supportive for you. Yeah. Those are such, such great places for people to start. And you're totally right. You can't heal in the dark. Um, and so that, like you saying that just like really resonates with me so much. Um, Meg, you are such a light to this world. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful that you, you know, agreed to come on the show to be a part of this conversation around self-love today. Um, and I'm also grateful that you are a friend in my world and someone that I get to say is a real life, real life friend to me. Um, so for us to just wrap this up for today, can you let everyone know where they can find you, how they can work with you? because I highly recommend if this conversation is resonating with people, Meg does extremely powerful mm -hmm. work with people. And so they need to, they need to check you out. So let them know where they can, they can find you. Well, thanks Katie. And I'm, I'm so grateful to, you know, I have, you meet so many people on social media, but it's really so incredible. I don't even have words, but like you and I are actually like real life best friend and like, mm -hmm. you know, and so I'm just really grateful for you and grateful for this friendship. So thanks for having me on and yeah, where can people find me? Gosh, I have, I also have a podcast mm -hmm. it's called, and you've been on the podcast. It's called Unbreakable <laughs> You. And, um, I'm on social media, like on Instagram, that's definitely where I hang out the most. I am Meg doll. So we have similar handles as well. <laughs> um, yeah, my website is megdoll.com. So it's super easy. I have like a coaching tab. People can just click on that and kind of read more about how I can support them through their journey. Awesome. Thank you so much for being Thanks. here. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation that we had today. Yes, so thanks so, so much. Thank you, Katie.